the US Congress gave a strong warning to the uh, colonial uh, government, uh, and especially uh, the capital uh, in The Hague, unless the Netherlands took seriously the commitment and the process of transferring the sovereignty to Indonesian government, they will stop the Marshall Plan. Welcome to the Darden Leadership Speaker Series. This episode features Indonesian Ambassador to the United States, Mahendra Saregar, delivering a keynote at the Darden School of Business. In this podcast, he shares the story of Indonesia's recovery from near collapse and discusses the impact of global trade skirmishes. Today, I would like to talk about uh, three issues uh, briefly. Uh, first, uh, just brief update on Indonesia. And second, I'll talk a little bit about ASEAN because I would like to uh, welcome you to look uh, at Southeast Asia region from the ASEAN's perspective in addition to individual countries' uh, perspective. And then uh, last, but uh, the uh, chunk of my um, presentation will, will talk about uh, what happened uh, at the global uh, international uh, trade uh, situation uh, today uh, from the Indonesia's uh, perspective, I would say. But before that, I would like also to say something uh, in line with the U.S.-Indonesia diplomatic relations that uh, this year we celebrate the 70th, 70th uh, anniversary, 7-0. Uh, because uh, this is very historical. Uh, the official diplomatic relations uh, between the two countries began in the last week of December 1949, when President Truman at the time sent message to President Sukarno welcoming the new nation into the world of nations. And also asked President Sukarno for the first U.S. ambassador to Indonesia uh, named Mer Cochran to present his credentials. The U.S. Uh, was very instrumental in getting Indonesia's uh, international uh, recognition for its independence because uh, we had the U.N. good offices uh, at the time that uh, represented by the Netherlands, Belgium, and the U.S. to address the issue of transfer of sovereignty uh, from the Netherlands uh, colonial government to Indonesia. And in the beginning, you can imagine, as a fellow uh, ally, uh, and of course, at the time, it was very much the beginning and a very uh, tough uh, Cold War situation, the U.S. Uh, took side uh, for the uh, uh, Dutch colonial government uh, because of the strategic consideration in Europe. But what happened, every six months, the U.S. Uh, delegation to that uh, U.N. Uh, commission had to be replaced because uh, the person representing the State Department, uh, despite the marching order, was supposed to favor the Netherlands uh, government, always change side along the way. And after six months, always be has to be replaced uh, with the new person. And the new person did the same thing. In the beginning, they follow orders, and after six months, they took side uh, to the Indonesian uh, uh, position. 
and uh, that happened until the whole U.S. position changed uh, altogether and took the Indonesian side. And even at one time, the Congress at the time, the U.S. Congress, gave a strong warning to the uh, colonial uh, government, uh, and especially uh, the capital uh, in The Hague, unless the Netherlands took seriously the commitment and the process of transferring the sovereignty to Indonesian government, they will stop the Marshall Plan given to the uh, Netherlands government. And of course, uh, post-World uh, War II in Europe, there was no other resources but the Marshall Plan to conduct uh, a government business. So then uh, the, the Netherlands uh, became more serious and then uh, uh, everything uh, is, is uh, uh, falling into the right places. So this is uh, an important uh, historical uh, perspective in itself. Now let me go to the uh, 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 three topics that I mentioned earlier. Now on the Indonesia and its recent development. Indonesia just had a presidential and legislative elections in April this year. It was estimated about 81% turnout. Of course, uh, this is too good to be true for US uh, context. Or more than 155 million voters cast their ballots uh, in the April election. And that election uh, selected 20,000 parliamentarian seats and from 250,000 candidates. And 40% of the voters are millennial voters between 17 and 35 years old. So uh, this is uh, what happened uh, during that six hour uh, voting time, not even a whole day, to have that 155 million people uh, turn out. And that is already a remarkable achievement by itself. But if you compare to what happened 20 years ago, where Indonesia was in the brink of collapse and disintegration because of the Asia monetary crisis, because of several human rights uh, related uh, valuations uh, events, uh, because of the social conflicts in many parts of the uh, country, because the economy was basically collapsing with the negative growth of 15% uh, in that year. And you look at what happened last April in not uh, just an isolated case, but as a moving uh, film or movie, that's what I said uh, earlier during the lunch, is as good as beyond Mission Impossible. Because uh, you would not imagine how a country that was almost balkanized and the bring of disintegration just uh, 20 or even 18 years ago became now officially, and this is my quote, and many Americans don't agree with this, the largest presidential democracy in the world. Because we have 155 turnout voters with the US uh, is still dreaming about it. <laughs> On the economy, Indonesia economy has been growing at a steady annual rate of 5.1%, 5.3% over the last seven years. And even with the current situation in the global uncertainty, we still keep the growth 
around 5.1%. It is a better quality of growth at the same time. Inflation is not only manageable at just over 3%, but this year we have managed to have the inflation below that and hovering around 2.5%. The issue of uh, equality uh, always uh, have a, a, a big priority in Indonesia, and on that, we have improved just a little bit. It's still a long way to go, but at least we can say that the Gini ratio is also down from 0.41% to 0.38%. And the poverty levels have been reduced to a record low below 10%. And in addition, we have the lowest unemployment rate, just over 5%. Now, with that situation, we have been concentrating and allocating the majority of our budget and our other resources toward education, infrastructure development, and health services. However, we still recognize there are new and emerging challenges in Indonesian economy. Among others, how to maintain and improve the competitiveness and vibrancy of the Indonesian industry. The need for greater value added beyond commodity-based products and improve infrastructure development for the whole nation, which consists of 17,800 islands, not just the island of Jaffa, where 55% of the population live. And also how to promote innovation and technological change and related risk to existing jobs and in traditional economic sectors. And the key factor to all of these challenges is, of course, how to improve the human capital development. Now, while that is the Indonesia's current situation, there are so many forecasts and predictions the potential of Indonesia in 2045, which is uh, 25 years from now. Many analysis, reports, and forecasts say that by that time, Indonesia would be the top four GDP in the world, which consists of 309 million uh, people, uh, growth of uh, 40 billion from 270 million today, and 52% productive age, and at that time, 75% of people will live in the city, and 80% uh, would be part of the middle class. And in 2045, uh, many forecasts suggested that the income per capita would be 29,000 US dollar per year. And we should have the shift uh, toward more productive sectors. So this is Indonesia today, the transformation of the political, social, and economic uh, sectors toward the 2045 with the challenge of how to improve the human capital. Now, let me say something about ASEAN, the US relations. I would like to present this uh, as well as the important and strategic uh, position of Indonesia because I would like uh, to invite you all to see at the ASEAN as an integrated uh, region rather than uh, just uh, 10 different uh, member countries. ASEAN's today combined uh, economy is the fifth largest in the world with a GDP of $2.8 trillion. 
and still projected to maintain 5.5% growth every year. In terms of trade, ASEAN is the US fourth largest export market after Canada, Mexico, and China, with a total of 105 billion US dollars. And for ASEAN, the US is the fourth largest trading partner. In the agriculture sector, ASEAN is the fourth largest global importer of US agriculture products. And this trade relations support 500,000 jobs across 50 states in the US. In terms of investment, the US foreign direct investment in ASEAN has steadily expanded to reach almost $330 billion to date, which exceeds US investment in China, India, Japan, and Korea combined. On the digital economy, ASEAN is the world's fastest growing internet market with 904 million active mobile connections. This is not unusual. In Indonesia and all other ASEAN countries, almost everybody has more than one cell phone. They are very busy. Uh, one for family, one for business, and one for other things, so uh, sometimes they uh, got confused themselves. On our travel and tourism, ASEAN visitors to the US have totaled 1.2 million uh, people every year, while 4 million Americans visit ASEAN every year. Now, that uh, mostly are the economic uh, perspective uh, of ASEAN. Now, let me also talk about the uh, strategic and uh, security relations of the two countries. ASEAN and the US uh, of the two uh, regions, ASEAN and US dialogue relations have continued to strengthen, building upon 42 years of partnership. There have been some important milestones achieved. The elevation of ASEAN-US relations through strategic partnership in 2015, the convening of the special ASEAN-US summit and fourth ASEAN-US summit in the last two years, the successful outcomes of the sixth ASEAN-US summit in 2018. The most recent uh, achievement is on the defense cooperation there is the enhanced Southeast Asia cooperation and training to boost ASEAN maritime security capabilities, capabilities working closely with the US. And there is a continued defense equipment procurement aimed at enhancing defense equipment and operational interoperability between ASEAN and the US. Last, uh, on this note, but certainly not the least, is promoting synergy between ASEAN outlook on Indo-Pacific and the U.S. Strategic Free and Open Indo-Pacific paper. Just uh, last month, the ASEAN Summit produced and agreed on the principles of ASEAN outlook for the Indo-Pacific, which based on the following fundamental principles. First, contribute to maintain peace, freedom, and prosperity. Second, consolidate and develop existing initiatives. Third, ASEAN centrality and ASEAN-led mechanism. Fourth, open and inclusive dialogue. And fifth, areas of cooperation include maritime cooperation and connectivity and promoting sustainable development goals. And on that note, we welcome the U.S. government's strong support and endorsement on the ASEAN's outlook on the Indo-Pacific. 
Now, my last part of the remarks is on how Indonesia position and view itself amidst U.S.-China trade situation. Chinese-U.S. trade relations continue to cast a shadow over the global economy. And yet, the U.S. administration is addressing what other trading partners have failed to do so, which is to challenge an export-oriented economy whose industry is highly subsidized and relies on devalued currencies. This is not so much a criticism, because it has been an integral part of the overall policy of Chinese development, but it places a considerable burden of trading partners whose industrial base is based on free and fair competition. Indonesia is not immune to these problems, as Indonesia has been experiencing a trade, structural trade deficit with China in the last 20 years. While the WTO rule-based system is intended to defend against the escalation of bound tariffs, the WTO is proving to be ineffective. And as a result, the WTO is no longer the guardian of global trade. And as a consequence, global trade will be increasingly dominated by bilateral deals. As the trade skirmishes between the China and US show no sign of abating, with US tariffs moving on to consumer goods, this heralds a new form of global trade where national interests are brought to the table in an effort to promote fair and equitable trade where multilateral trade rules are failing. In fact, the multilateral trading system was intended to encourage fair trade for providing the opportunity for member countries to develop their own comparative advantage in the global economy. But this has not been realized, with substantial structural problem assisting, like chronic global overcapacity in many sectors and growing tendency to export unemployment abroad. At the present time, the conditions for a resurgence of the multilateral system is very uh, limited. And while the system still deserves some support in terms of trying to providing certainty of trade, it is unrealistic to expect that the WTO rule-based system can resolve the imbalances being faced. And on that note, we also have to adjust in all aspects of our trade policies and relations between Indonesia and other countries, and also within ASEAN. And on ASEAN, uh, this is uh, what we see uh, happening. The trade skirmishes between China and the U.S. has brought forward U.S. concerns with ASEAN being used as a conduit for Chinese goods, either through transshipments or the relocation of Chinese industries to the ASEAN member countries. As far as the U.S. administration is concerned, there are signs that even fully-fledged Chinese investment in ASEAN could be considered as an attempt to avoid the escalation of U.S. tariffs. And it is likely that higher tariffs applied against China could be extended to the country's concern. At the ASEAN level, there is a growing concern on how to address an evolving trade skirmishes or war between the two primary trading partners of ASEAN. The problem is, in part, a unity of purpose. Apart from Indonesia, most ASEAN members tend to be export-oriented, 
and they are therefore keen to take advantage of the vacuum created in the U.S. market. And U.S. importers are likewise looking to ASEAN members to fill the vacuum created by escalating U.S. tariffs on China. This trend will intensify as U.S. moves to consumer goods that are also produced in ASEAN. In the short term, it will be important for ASEAN not to be seen as conduit for Chinese products. This is easier said than done, bearing in mind the close business relations between ASEAN and China, and it's likely that some ASEAN countries may well face U.S. measures moving forward to include the withdrawal of the GSP tariff and the possible escalation of direct tariffs itself. With regard to China, it is strategically an important market for ASEAN as the trade with Europe declines with the Eurozone remaining close to recession. However, there are growing tensions in ASEAN-China's trade as Chinese exporters compensate for the decline in exports by penetrating regional Asian markets. This will inevitably put pressure on ASEAN industries to use instruments of trade defense against China. This is also quite paradoxical as we resort to WTO instrument of trade defense at a time of WTO weaknesses. However, these instruments are less than perfect in delivering effective protection. There will also be a tendency for ASEAN industry to export excess capacity within ASEAN-owned markets. In this respect, there are already signs of proliferation of anti-dumping cases between ASEAN countries. On Indonesia, amongst ASEAN countries, Indonesia is the largest economy with the largest domestic market. While export-oriented countries tend to embrace the multilateral trading systems, as it is in their vested interest to do so, Indonesia has considerable bilateral leverage with its major trading partners globally and within ASEAN. This is not to say that Indonesia should ignore the multilateral-based system, but bilateral trade relations need to be brought to the forefront of trade policy in the years ahead. On the global trade policy, Indonesia should emerge as a powerful player offering a strong domestic market as an attractive base for the foreign direct investment to penetrate, not only for the Indonesian domestic market, but with the economies of scale that this entails, also the regional ASEAN markets and beyond. Free trade agreements should be negotiated from strength, not so much anymore on access to counterpart markets, which recedes in the importance as global tariffs are already low, but rather how much the potential partners can contribute towards the investment within Indonesia and assisting Indonesia to become a powerhouse within Asia by converting natural resources to downstream value-added industries. Using FTA to access foreign markets is an old and out-of-date paradigm. On the ASEAN trade policy, the overall ASEAN policy is based on consensus, but we are still competing against each other on export markets. But perhaps most importantly, we work on how to attract fellow foreign direct investment ASEAN within ASEAN economies. 
And central to these policies is how to encourage ASEAN investors to see the Indonesian market as offering economies of scale that exploit the regional markets. On the U.S. trade policy, with regard to that, there is a considerable synergy and potential to develop at the bilateral level as both Indonesia and the U.S. possesses large economies and Indonesia of a lower concern for the U.S. as the ratio of exports to GDP remains low and uh, compared to neighboring countries. In order to lay the grounds for closer cooperation, it is important for Indonesia to be seen as a genuine partner for the U.S. to encourage the growth of trade based on mutual benefits and interests. And for that matter, on the record, out of the 20 countries that have been considered as the cause of the U.S. trade deficit, Indonesia is the only one that has been successfully narrowing it down. There should be a two-way trade and investment with U.S. direct investment flowing into Indonesia, and the more robust Indonesian companies should be encouraged to invest in the economic fabric of the United States. And on the last part, the China trade policy, it is still very important to see China as a strategic partner for Indonesia, and we are mindful not being seen as siding with either part in this trade uh, situation between the U.S. and China. However, Chinese investment into Indonesia should be also considered cautiously with a premium on investment that offer value added and also export potential to regional markets. Finally, it is uh, by intention I use uh, skirmishes rather than war because uh, skirmishes you have a situation uh, more uh, limited than the uh, all-out war, and uh, war co uh, tend to connote, connotate to be a, a bigger uh, problem. I'm not suggesting we are uh, going to that situation, but uh, it won't be uh, you know, uh, overcome uh, very soon. With that, I uh, end my uh, presentation. I would be more than happy to uh, have questions from the floor. Thank you very much. Two questions, if I may. Uh, first, I understand that there's a plan to move the capital from Jakarta to Borneo. You, maybe you could comment on that. And my second question, what is the current status of RCEP? The second one? R RCEP, the Regional Cooperative oh, Economic. Okay, okay. Thank you. Oh, uh, should I answer directly? Okay, sure. Uh, on the plan to move capital from Jakarta to Borneo, or we call it Kalimantan. Uh, this is, I would say, the first time we look at the possibility uh, with uh, a, a serious uh, actions uh, to follow it up. Uh, because the consideration of moving the capital to uh, an island outside Java have been discussed even by uh, since the first uh, uh, president, uh, President Sukarno, but uh, it uh, never materialized in the real actions. But uh, we now have a, a plan uh, for the president to put uh, uh, forward to the parliament uh, to get the uh, parliament support uh, for this uh, move. And uh, if 
uh, in parallel, uh, there is also a plan to establish a, a unit, a dedicated unit to uh, be responsible in the overall plan and the implementation of that uh, for, the, for the move. The president uh, has indicated very ambitious uh, timeline. He mentioned about five years time uh, because it is the term uh, of his uh, uh, you know, uh, duty, uh, the second term. Uh, but of course, uh, it remains to be seen uh, how, how effective uh, can we move uh, that process. One of the reasons uh, is, of course, the Jakarta itself is, is, is very, um, is very uh, uh, well, I would say, uh, uh, overly uh, uh, concentrated uh, in terms of everything, uh, population, uh, business, uh, economic uh, hub, uh, logistical uh, hub and major airports and ports. So uh, that is one. Uh, the second one is, of course, there's an issue of sustainability of the, of the city of Jakarta in terms of environmental uh, as well as uh, uh, other uh, sustainable uh, related issues. Uh, Jakarta, uh, literally speaking, uh, is, is uh, sinking, sinking uh, uh, considerably uh, every year. Uh, because of the uh, uh, subsided, but because of the exploitation of the groundwater uh, for for the again overpopulated uh, population, uh, but uh, at the same time uh, there's another strategic issue uh, to not only put everything uh, on Java because it's already uh, the most uh, populated and. Uh, 55% of the population and close to 70% of the country's economy, uh, while the area is just uh, 6% of the uh, total land size. So it's not sustainable in terms of uh, the country's, uh, you know, uh, integrity uh, as well as uh, economic uh, development. So these this are some of the considerations, and, and I think uh, the, the president is very serious on this, and he's been well known as the uh, father of the new infrastructure development. So for him, five years, uh, like in the past, he could do a lot uh, in terms of infrastructure, uh, construction, and investment. So uh, we, are, we are hopeful uh, that this could be, uh, uh, proceed according to the plan. On the RCEP, the Regional Comprehensive Economic uh, Partnership, which is uh, basically the FTA plus uh, agreement uh, among the 10 ASEAN members and six partners, uh, Japan, Korea, uh, China, India, New Zealand, and Australia. Uh, we hope it can be completed and agreed uh, very soon. Uh, some people say it should be uh, completed uh, in the next summit uh, in November this year. Uh, the outstanding issue uh, basically uh, is, is been contained. Uh, so that would be uh, very important. And I think uh, by itself it's very important because that would be the largest 
uh, in the world FDA and FDA plus uh, agreement uh, much larger than uh, even uh, the original uh, TPP. Uh, so we are hopeful uh, because not only in addressing the current situation, but because uh, unlike many of the other regions uh, where most of the economies have been uh, developed uh, in such a mature level, in our area it's still very much a developing and emerging economies where the room for growth are still uh, abundant. So we are very uh, hopeful it can be uh, done uh, soon, but uh, as you can imagine, uh, it's uh, now facing uh, uh, even a tougher challenge uh, with the uh, global uh, situation. But uh, I have uh, big confidence uh, with our negotiators to overcome that. Thank you. Yes, please. Hi. So I visited uh, Indonesia a few years ago. I went to Bali with my family. And we went actually for my parents' wedding anniversary. They had gone for their honeymoon 25 years earlier, so Whoa. we came back. Um, and I had a really great time. And my parents, as we were there, we were there for about two weeks, my parents kept commenting on how much Bali had developed over 25 years, which obviously has served the Indonesian economy really well. I assume there's similar development all across the country. Um, but I'm curious if you personally, or if the people of Indonesia, the government, have any concerns about how rapidly things are developing and the growth in the country? Yeah, especially in Bali, yes. Yeah. Certainly. It's a big concern uh, because uh, I, I think uh, it's very clear that the level of uh, growth and development in Bali uh, is, is, is not sustainable uh, uh, in terms of uh, environmental, uh, as well as uh, in terms of uh, uh, socio-political, uh, because uh, it's basically uh, the major concentration of uh, tourism uh, industry, and this is uh, a very, very uh, risky uh, of itself uh, because of the uh, issues related to uh, social uh, equality. Uh, socio-economic uh, equalities. Now, uh, to address that, uh, the government uh, has developed a plan uh, for other uh, tourist destinations, uh, including uh, the so-called uh, 10 uh, new or other uh, outside Bali destinations, and four of which uh, are very much now uh, in the focus. So we want to do that. Uh, but what is different is, of course, uh, Bali uh, is unique also in terms of uh, socio-cultural values. The majority uh, of the population there uh, follow uh, Hinduism, uh, and it's uh, by itself uh, unique, uh, but also it's unique in the sense of uh, how they value and interpret uh, their role and relations uh, with the uh, environment, uh, with the uh, fellow uh, human being, and with gods. So it's, it's quite unique, and of course it's, it's uh, a challenge uh, for other areas to follow suit uh, Bali's example, while everybody recognizes uh, the level of uh, growth uh, in Bali uh, is, is not uh, sustainable. In terms of infrastructure availability, in terms of the 
number of hospitality industries uh, and other uh, necessities. There are other parts of Indonesia that already have been uh, developed, but uh, I don't think it's not only about the the uh, hard infrastructures. Uh, it's also the values and the people, and this is where uh, the the challenge and the focus of the uh, programs uh, will will uh, rely very much uh, on the success of the other destinations. Now, uh, while foreign or international uh, passengers or visitors are very important, but Indonesia, like the US, uh, now uh, also benefit from uh, domestic uh, uh, tourism. Uh, due to the higher uh, purchasing power of the people, as well as the availability of the affordable uh, airlines, uh, or airfares for that matter, uh, now close to 110 million uh, domestic air passengers uh, taking place uh, in Indonesia every year. That puts Indonesia uh, easily in the top 10 uh, busiest uh, air passengers uh, or air traveling uh, in the world. So that is another uh, phenomenon that we would like to promote further uh, because uh, not only the number of the, of the people, uh, which is uh, very large, but also uh, the importance of uh, Indonesians know and uh, explore their own uh, countries, like here in, in, in the U.S., because uh, in the U.S. Uh, you can travel uh, through, uh, I mean, with, with, with cars uh, uh, using the highways, but in Indonesia you have to you fly. Of course, you can uh, take uh, sea uh, communication, but our uh, transportation, sea transportation system has not uh, developed uh, uh, to accommodate this uh, this, this challenge, but uh, we we see uh, the opportunities of the domestic and local tourism are also uh, very uh, significant. So we want to, to balance between the two. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, Ambassador. Ambassador Sirigar, I just want to warmly thank you again for uh, honoring us with your presence. And I wonder if I could embarrass you with a personal question. I don't know. All it right. depends on the question. So you're, you, you've had such an extraordinary career since joining the Indonesian uh, Foreign Service back in 1986. And as your career has developed, uh, you've lived through one of the most uh, dramatic and historic political transitions of, of every country, of any country on earth. And uh, you have not only risen to every challenge, but you've succeeded at every one, uh, despite this very rapid pace of, uh, of change in your political system, in your economic system, in your, in your social system. So I was wondering if you could share with us what your secrets of success has been, have been? How, how have you managed to uh, succeed uh, and prosper uh, through your career of government service? Well, wow. <laughs> um, okay, let, let, me, let me do my best uh, to, to respond to that uh, question. Um, well, 
Let's put it this way. Uh, what happened 20 years ago in Indonesia? Uh, if you look from the pessimistic view, that would be the, the, the darkest hour probably or years of Indonesia because we were very much, at least in the modern uh, time of Indonesia, uh, after the 70s. Because uh, after uh, 25 years of you know, uh, uninterrupted uh, growth of 5 to 7 percent, suddenly Indonesia was in the brink of a collapse and disintegration. And if you, are, or if you were worried about what happened in the Balkans, uh, divided into six, seven countries, or uh, former Soviet uh, Union uh, countries, divided into 15, 16 countries, uh, at least you would have a good uh, 50 to 70 countries out of Indonesia if we were disintegrated. Uh, because we consist of uh, more than 700 different languages, not dialects, but languages, and uh, more than 300 uh, tribes and ethnicities. So uh, 50, 70 countries are already uh, a conservative guess uh, by itself. Uh, but if you are an uh, optimistic uh, uh, you know, person, like what I saw at that time, but of course, mostly afterward or the aftermath, crisis is always the best time for reform. Because otherwise, if you have uh, you know, a, a, a consideration that crisis is always uh, a big unwanted uh, situation, and f that would lead you to one, uh, you will still have to address the crisis anyway. Secondly, you cannot make the most or gain out of the most uh, challenging situation. So we, we learn a lot uh, from, from that uh, because we uh, go beyond the uh, comfort zone of uh, this sustainable uh, economic growth uh, and development to the very much uncharted territory. So that's, that's what happened. And of course, at that time, I was a young person. I, I also uh, lived in, in Washington, D.C. as the uh, information counselor at the embassy uh, before I moved to other ministries. And you just imagine, uh, before that, I was in London uh, until 1995. At that time, we were part of the so-called the Asian Tigers. And then three years after that, uh, Indonesia was well, almost the pariah of all the uh, uh, global uh, community because of that uh, situation. But uh, I took a, a different view and, and, and look at that. Without that crisis and reform, there would be no more Indonesia today. No more, no way. Because uh, how, how, how do you manage uh, and sustain a country with so diversity in a, an authoritarian rule for so long. 25 years was already so long. How could you sustain that? And now we can easily, uh, like I said, uh, we are the largest presidential uh, democracy in the world and so on and so on. Uh, but of course, even that, 
we should not take anything for granted. Uh, that's why when people uh, share their worries about the current uh, global trade, economic, and uh, political and geopolitical situation, and say, ah, this is the end of the world. Well, obviously, you are uh, sharing a pessimistic view. If you are sharing optimistic view, there's never been a better time like this to reform the global uh, governance. So it's up to you to decide. And for me, uh, now, I think for the younger generation, it's easier because they already uh, find a better word than reform, which is called disruption. Um, uh, in, the, in, the, in the past, uh, reform, uh, you know, you still have uh, a capacity to, to influence and to direct uh, to, to a certain extent. In the disruption, you can be totally uh, collapsed or you can become like what uh, happened with, the, with many of the young uh, men and women in uh, Silicon Valley, uh, become instant billionaires. Uh, but uh, uh, for, for me, again, uh, looking at that, uh, it's, a, it's an opportunity. And now we have, uh, uh, even the economists uh, uh, call uh, the president uh, the, the mother of all disruption. Up to you, which, which side of the view you are, uh, uh, you are taking on this matter. I'm looking at the, at the optimistic uh, view. Why wouldn't I? Because uh, unlike what happened 20 years ago, Indonesia is relatively much, much, much better. Uh, and unlike 20 years ago, when I uh, was here, Indonesia was the, what I said, unwanted attraction of the world. Now I'm just uh, the spectator. I'm just enjoying the view. Because the attraction or the unwanted uh, 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 center of gravity is on this end. <laughs> and I'm just uh, given by my government the best uh, ringside seat to enjoy. <laughs> Why wouldn't I enjoy it? So having said that, uh, like what I tried to explain earlier, Indonesia uh, presents itself uh, as a country and as part of the ASEAN. Uh, to promote its values, not by force, but by uh, negotiation, by, by international relations, and by promoting our own uh, interests. And now, all the major powers in the world agree that the uh, way to engage and conduct in the region not only in Southeast Asia, but in the Indo-Pacific, uh, can be done through the eyes of the ASEAN values. This is, this is unbelievable. Uh, because ASEAN is only relatively young compared to uh, NATO or uh, the European Union and others, uh, just uh, celebrating 50 years of, in the, of its establishment, 52 years. Uh, but now, because of that situation, we are... Uh, uh, well, I don't want to say uh, to be uh, cornered, but in, 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 uh, in fact, we are promoted uh, to become the conductor 
of the uh, regional uh, peace and stable uh, uh, governance. So how, how on earth anybody, including um, uh, you uh, probably, uh, Ambassador, uh, 20 years ago, you would uh, be amazed to see ASEAN of itself to have a long-lasting peace in the absence of uh, border wars. But now, ASEAN is expected to play a higher uh, uh, responsibility and, and role to conduct the regional and, to a certain extent, uh, global governance. You see? And as I said, we, we, have, we are the graduates of the 20, uh, last 20, uh, I mean the previous 20 years ago crisis. I think we have uh, something to share uh, in this uh, global situation. So we, I always welcome that. And, and for, for you, uh, after 2001, I left the foreign ministry and I joined five other ministries before I resigned in 2015, actually, uh, from the civil servant. Because I said, 25, 26 years is more than enough for me. And then I went to uh, San Francisco, uh, accompanied my wife, who undertook uh, social entrepreneurship uh, master's class. And at the same time, I co-managed uh, venture capital investing in startup uh, technology uh, you know, uh, investment. Because why I did that? Uh, because I, I look around and I'm amazed already with the globalization and how the world brings uh, us to this new opportunity. And suddenly, uh, when I was still with the government, I uh, visited uh, Silicon Valley and I said, wow, this is outside, out of the world, I would say. This is a different world. Uh, and then I wanted to, 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 to know more. Uh, and because of that, uh, actually, I, I, I resigned uh, from, uh, from the ministerial uh, uh, job that I had as the investment board chair. Because, uh, again, 25 years is more than enough. And then I moved to Silicon Valley. Ah, this is the new world. I would enjoy more. But, of course, I have so much uh, uh, limited uh, endurance to cope with, uh, with the, uh, the 20s and 30s age uh, genius, uh, I don't know where did they come from, and uh, uh, people from, from, from all over the world. And when they do the sales speech, uh, selling their, their, their companies, I could only understand the first two minutes. And then the last, they, they can only talk of, uh, of their company of seven, uh, eight minutes. In the last uh, six minutes, I got dizzy. Because they are so ingenious, they are so brilliant, they can talk, uh, you know, unlike a normal person, I would say. And then, uh, uh, but still, I, I enjoy it very much. Uh, then I, I, I went back, and then uh, the government asked me to, to serve for, the, for, the, for, the, for them again. Not easy to refuse a government uh, request. Uh, if you still want to live in the country. <laughs> the Darden Leadership Speaker Series is held on Darden Grounds in Charlottesville, Virginia, and events are open to the public. 
To learn more, visit us at darden.virginia.edu.